Hello and welcome to the Business of Betting podcast. Today I'm joined by Dan Kostelski, the CEO and co-founder of Chalkline Sports. Dan, thank you very much for coming on. The Business of Betting podcast is proudly brought to you by the Betfair Hub from Betfair Australia. No matter where you are in the world, if you want expert articles from pro punters, from building automated models to betting psychology, check out the Betfair Hub. Betfair.com.au slash hub. Gamble responsibly. Today I'm joined by Dan Kostelski, the CEO and co-founder of Chalkline Sports. Dan, thank you very much for coming on. Hey, Jake. Thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. So it's good to have you back. This is round two, and it's it's been a while since round one, so there's obviously plenty to cover, um, and you're as good as anyone to talk about some of the topics we're going to cover today, but obviously it'd be great for those listening who uh, who need a refresher on Chalkline Sports and on you. Just give us that, um, that background. Sure, sure, sure. So... Uh... Started out uh, in the U.S. Army and then and then went to to South Africa uh, and was working in sports marketing in the lead up to the 2010 World Cup, uh, where I was working for a marketing agency, um, and and had an opportunity to go to uh, to the client side and so I started working in 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 eye gaming and sports betting in 2009. We launched a a sports book from scratch, uh, built our own software in in 09 and and uh, in South Africa. And then uh, ended up selling that sports book. It was called VoltBet.com, and we ended up selling that sports book to uh, Sun International in 2013. And I stayed on for you know probably a couple of years, and and uh, and then moved back to the United States in 2015. Um, and and pretty soon after I got back, I, I you know I I was working in the online horse racing industry for an ADW here, um, but but you know passion was always around sports betting, and so. Um, you know, the tea leaves were all pointing towards towards legalization. And, and in 2016, uh, my brother and I and and my partner from uh, from South Africa got together and and we really you know came up with the with the concept of Chalkline, which was, you know, completely B2B uh, business and really just helped the operators uh, help help media companies uh, build a database of, of of sports bettors or potential sports bettors, and and we do that with uh, you know we've got a, a platform uh, that that we can license out, um, and that platform it it, it builds free to play um, sports betting games. We bring in all the rate all the sport radar uh, data pre match, um, and we can create you know hundreds thousands of games. Last year in 2020, we built. Uh, 6,000 unique games for our 20 plus clients. Um, and, and we were, you know, our games were played, you know, 5 million times and just helping those, those operators, uh, you know, build a, build a database and, 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 and acquire customers. So you may not remember the specific timing, but last time we caught up for this podcast was October, 2017. And <laughs> I'm certainly not going to ask you to sum up what's happened in that time, the preceding time to today. And, in 90 seconds yeah. or anything crazy like that. But <laughs> I do want to pick your brain on, on 2020. Obviously, a, a strange year across uh, many, many things, including and obviously sports and, and sports betting and, and even iGaming. But how would you describe the U.S. market in 2020? Because it's, it's depending on where you sit and, and how you view it, it, it could be very, very positive. Uh, it could be, you know, obviously some, some negative components that, that come with COVID and the impacts. But 
what what strikes you as as most compelling as a as a storyline from 2020? So so when I look back at 2020, I mean, I, I'm a half you know glass half full kind of guy, and and when I see um, you know in the in the bigger picture, I see. I saw so much enthusiasm for sports betting, um, you know, that we just hadn't seen in the past. Uh, you know, that's leagues and teams leaning in and, and selling sponsorships to, 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 to various operators. Um, you know, that's, that's, you know, operators doing deals with, with media companies, you know, the points bets and, and, and NBC and Barstool and Penn national, um, you know, lots of, you know, lots of discussions around investments, um, you know, the, 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 the share prices of, of a lot of these, you know, organizations in, in April were, 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 were pretty low um, to, to, to roar back to life by the end of the year. Um, you know, entities are looking to list, you know, the Genius Sports back and, and, the, and the Rush Tree Gaming. And, and so I just it, certainly when I look at 2020, it was it felt to me like, you know, and having and, you know, and having lived in an into in a country where, where sports betting is, is mainstream, um, I will say that that it was certainly one of those one of those years where um, you know sports betting was it felt a lot more mainstream than it than it had in the past, um, and and I can't help but think that you know some of the some of the challenges around the pandemic might have actually accelerated that. So, are there any bear cases out there? Because I don't read many or see any. I don't understand all of the hype necessarily, but I I can I can you know gather why it's the case, and obviously. Guys like you have been doing this for a lot longer than the the legal industry in the U.S. has expanded since May of 2018. But are there any sides of the business that aren't looking strong necessarily, or that need a need a, a jolt, or is it really that we're going to have more states, more access to to users and new users for a lot of these businesses? And there's obviously some structural things to shake out per state, but overall, there is plenty of reason to be positive. I, I yeah I would agree with that. I I would say that if if you know if I'm if I'm digging around and just you know maybe looking at some challenges that might exist, I look at at states, um, you know that have that have really only legalized uh, retail. Um, you know, uh, you know friends of mine are, are, are trying to, you know, trying to talk to Mississippi and getting them to, to get, you know, to, to legalize mobile. It, it just fe- feels like, you know, those states are going to get left behind pretty quickly. Um, you know, for tax revenues, operators that are in there, um, you know, they, 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 they can't not uh, you know, operate and, and, and be in those, in those casinos and, and those retail outlets. Um, but but you know states like New York, if they want to you know if they if they want to earn significant uh, tax revenue like New Jersey did over you know for 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 2020, I think they earned you know 300 million in 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 tax revenue. If they if they're looking to you know fill some of those holes, they, they've got to consider uh, you know mobile and online sports betting. And, and then and then and then the next you know the next level, and this is maybe where New Jersey's a little bit of a case study is is that is that iGaming component. So you are truly an expert. You're not an expert that you've gathered all your experience and expertise in the last six or eight months. You truly have the the background and and the the CV. So I'm curious, how do you look at New Jersey? Because everyone of, often you know will want to talk about New Jersey, and they've done the sports betting side, they've done the the i gaming, and they really are you know leading the way in, in many and most metrics. Just tell me about how it's gone and how you expected it to go and what you've learned from the New Jersey market overall because it's 
I mean, I think the end of 2020, one of those months that we almost got up to a billion dollars in handle in one month. Amazing. So it's it's a serious player in the the global betting markets, uh, even though it is a you know I think under 10 million people and and so on. Yeah, that's right. I and 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 if you know, I I do think that there's um there's some exuberance around uh, the the hold versus handle discussion. Um, you know, I think it's I I think I heard a, somebody from West Virginia, one of the, the the congressmen, say, um, you know, handle is is the is the driving, and 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 the and the hold is the putting. Um, you know, you you drive for show and you putt for dough. I I I think that. You know, we, we get wrapped up around this billion dollars and, and, and it is kind of interesting to me, but it's really underneath, you know, what kind of the, 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 the submetrics of that. You know, when I look at New Jersey um, and, and I see that almost one out of every two dollars that is earned by a by a land based casino or a, or a gaming operator is from sports betting or iGaming, um, I, you know, that that is a really interesting stat, um, you know, unheard. Of. If you, if you t- think about like sports betting in in Nevada, uh, you know for the longest time it was maybe one or two percent of the of the total GGR for for Nevada. Whereas you know now you've got these alternative forms of gaming that are 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 just massive massive growth opportunities and almost propping up um, you know the decline that that a lot of these you know a lot of these casinos have felt um, throughout COVID. So. Uh, you know that that to me is 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 really when I when I look at it, uh, you know the 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 whole mobile retail is is a is a moot point at this point. I think it's you know ninety three or ninety four percent of of the state is 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 mobile sports betting. Um, but but then if you if you dig into the into the sports betting numbers, um, one out of every two dollars in the in the uh, that was earned by the sports books uh, was 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 done on off parlays. So the sports books are making ha- half of all of their GGR. On these on these parlays, which are are notorious, you know, they're they're casual bets, um, you know, they're 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 really just you know a, a fun a fun way to to wager. They're you know getting wrapped up around whether it's you know minus one hundred five or minus one hundred ten. You know, not really part of of the of the of the gamblers that 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 wager on the parlays. But um, you know that that's that's really interesting because we're two and a half years later from 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 legalization of, of sports betting and and for you know and for the entire year of 2020 you know for it to still be in in what i you know what what i'm reading from the data is that there's still a bunch of casual betters um in new jersey and 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 what i'm also saying is that you know as these other states have legalized and and they're at a at a much more you know infantile stage of their of their sports betting uh lifespan um you know there, it's just a casual, casual market, and 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 operators, um, you know, software providers are, I think, are really trying to figure out, you know, how they can how they can appease that, um, you know. And the last thing about New Jersey is really that, I mean, we're probably only sitting at about you know, 40% of its full maturity. So there's another, you know, 60% uh, of 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 growth. I think, you know. Uh, approximately that we're going to see out of New Jersey. So these massive numbers, you know, and, and eclipsing uh, Nevada. You know, Nevada's only got a couple couple million uh, adults in or three million adults. Uh, you know, uh, New Jersey's got quite a quite a few more. But 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 I mean to think that uh, 
you know, a million, a billion a month is, is, it's a huge number, but, but I mean, it, it could, you know, 3 billion is it to me is, is probably where we're going to, where we're going to start seeing, uh, seeing New Jersey in, in, in the next two or three years. That's, that is wild because a lot of the, the pundits looking at the industry, certainly in New Jersey, uh, weren't necessarily predicting that at this rate. And as you said, we're, we're not at maturity. We're clearly in the growth stage. At what point do we get to start talking about sustainability in New Jersey and, and other markets as well once we get towards or closer towards maturity? Because I think sustainability is going to be a question that operators are going to have to tackle. Uh, not today necessarily, but I think at some point because th- there's going to be a lot of competition in states like New Jersey and just figuring out ways to have a sustainable sports betting ecosystem, which obviously is, is highly reliant on the players. Do you think that's coming here soon or do you think we're still in, in the growth mode and we'll be there for a while and we'll get to that conversation at another time? Oh, you bring up such a great point. Um, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I do see the world um, in the following uh, two, two metrics. Uh, how much does it cost to acquire a, cu- a customer and how valuable is that customer? And, and so if you're spending more uh, than, than that customer is worth, that's, that's clearly um, you know, the, the, the way to, to have a death. Uh, as a as a business, but I do think that what happened this year in 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 2020, I think that that there's enough exuberance in the market where 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 and and capital coming into these operators that allow them to continue to spend a thousand dollars per new depositing customer and find out whether or not those operators can squeeze you know fifteen hundred dollars or two thousand dollars in customer lifetime value over you know over a period of of 18 months or or two years um I, i don't think i don't think we're at the point where sustainability matters just yet i think it's really hard sometimes to compete with the with the big people who are are spending you know 200 million dollars a quarter on on marketing i mean it's just hard to compete but i think that that's where when you when when I think of sustainability, I think probably more of, of just surviving. Like if, if, if books, you know, that maybe just don't have the budget, they, they just need to figure out how to survive, how to acquire customers at a, at a cheap rate that makes sense, uh, that, that fits into their balance sheet. Um, and, and, and that's a, that's a great business. I mean, having 5% of the New Jersey market is a, is a very, you know, it's a very valid business, um, as it would be in, in, in most states, 5% of, you know, any of the states. But I, I don't think, I think that there's still a enough money coming into the industry that it's really still about, you know, just acquiring customers and, and splashing money around to, to, to build a brand and to, and to build that database than it is whether or not I'm profitable as a business. So New Jersey is one state, Pennsylvania, another Michigan, these type of states with the online gaming component, the online casino and, and not just the sports betting. It seems to be rarely discussed for some reason, um, given how strong of a hold it has on the business so far and a lot of people like the the splashy sports betting numbers and the the you know the nfl betting and things like that but you know take me through just the impact that online gaming has had to this point in a very limited number of states and and maybe what progression you see from that just given how successful it's been so far oh yeah uh, if uh, uh, roxy uh tweeted something out in in august um 
and and uh, Roxy Roxborough and 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 I mean you know just just a legend in the sports betting industry and he says that uh, everybody's going to figure out that sports betting isn't about sports betting it's actually about creating a business with a higher multiple to be either bought or leveraged by another uh, for another purpose um, so everybody just needs to get used to it and and I mean just a, just sage sage words um, you know on a, on a random tweet on his on his on his on the on the Twitter machine but but yeah. I, I I can't help but think that um, as you know as Michigan uh, you know goes live uh, with with online gaming. I mean I, I, already this year um, you know more higher GGR in online gaming than, than there is um, online sports betting. Um, and, and granted, you know there, there was a you know there was a, a period there where we didn't have any sports. But but it's it's really all towards that. And and when you look at New Jersey, I think the GGR out of New Jersey for for 2020 in, in sports was you know close to 400 million, and it was almost a billion in online gaming um and so you know those the 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 opportunity and 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 when you look at rush street gaming and you read some of their you know perspectives and 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 their and their quarterly reports um you know they're all in on 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 i gaming you know slots casinos uh you, you know how, how do we how do we how do we really um, you know, not necessarily use sports betting, but 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 just use it as a as an opportunity to 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 bring people in on the cheap, um, and and get a customer lifetime value. And some of the customer lifetime values that Rush Street were talking about were five or six thousand dollars per customer. When um, you, you know, when Golden Nugget uh, in their spec uh, documentation, probably you know five or six months ago, they were talking about a customer lifetime value of seven thousand dollars per customer. So, so you can imagine that there's a lot of loyalty in New Jersey, um, but but also you know that there's just a lot of value to to be had if if you've got a good um, good mousetrap for 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 online gaming, um, you know it almost feels like you know the, the DraftKings and the and and the FanDuel's are are probably going to be you know probably pretty soon are going to be making more of their money in online gaming than they will be on on sports betting, but but. You know, it, it, sports betting and, and DFS and, and horse racing, these are all great, uh, you know, mousetraps to, to catch people and, and to, to collect gamblers and then and then push them over to, uh, you know, to, to higher margin, higher margin uh, uh, verticals. So we last spoke in late 2017. And if I had said to you, tell me about Penn National Gaming and their trajectory and, and how they're going to attack the market, I would have been surprised if you mentioned the word barstool. And if you look at how much FanDuel cost when they were acquired by the Flutter Group, you would have said that that valuation means they're not going to necessarily have a a strong voice in the the sports betting discussion, at least not immediately. Um, and and obviously what MGM has done with the old GVC, uh, Entain, and and DraftKings with the the reverse merger and, and SB Tech uh, component there. And my thesis here is that things haven't necessarily gone as people would have. Uh, suspected and predicted and even though everyone seems to be experts and everyone gets everything right um, I do feel uh, feel as though at the time these were sometimes unusual outcomes that have proven to be that shown that you know all the experts aren't necessarily experts so just tell me about your perception of some of the brands that have entered the the US market either domestically or some of the international ones and and how that sort of rat race has played out over the last couple of years yeah I, I think uh, you know, I, I think that 
um, you know, when, when you've got Caesars buying William Hill and, 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 and as I understand, I, I could be corrected, but I think, you know, they're, they're going to let the, the European stuff go. Like they were literally just kind of buying William Hill for the U S asset. I mean, that, that's, that's pretty, you know, that's a seismic shift in the online gaming industry as a, as a whole. I mean, MGM even putting in a bid for, for Intain is, is, is really interesting. Um, but, 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 I think you know what it's it's it all comes down it all really does come down to to acquiring customers and and so when you know when i if you know let's use the scenario of of 2019 um you know at 2019 uh, you know we we actually were working with barstool we we actually did all of their free to play for that nfl season of 2019 and so we saw the numbers and and of of engagement the amount of engagement and this was a, a live and play free to play um uh, game that we ran for for barstool launched on the first day of nfl season in august and ran it all the way through till um you know till till january and and they had some amazing engagement and so you know and i've talked and i talked to some of the operators and i was just like hey you know if you if, you know have you guys seen some of these numbers that 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 barstool are doing and and a lot of people there were some operators that were actually advertising on our on this platform that we had created um and, and they saw that they saw the numbers and they they knew that it was it was pretty impressive um for for them to you know for them to to to, to parlay that into you know 450 million dollar valuation is pretty impressive considering that a year prior they were sitting at about 100 million valuation but it's that, you know, all of these deals, ultimately, all of these deals are really about acquiring customers. Um, you know, if you're points bet, um, you know, you do a deal with with, with NBC um, and, and that's, you know, you're you're exposing, you know, you're getting access to, you know, millions and millions and millions of eyeballs, um, you, you know. And, and now, obviously, there's a there's a massive challenge to, to you know, the, the, the thesis on, on whether or not, uh, you know, that's going to translate into market share. You know, we don't know. There's, you know, Fox bet. Everybody thought that. Foxbet was going to be this 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 you know this massive entity, but I, I don't think we've necessarily seen you know all of that all of that engagement you know translate well into a into a sports book, but um, yeah I I just can't help but think that 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 these deals that are being done um, and and Patty Power hats off for them buying you know Fanduel at whatever four hundred sixty or four hundred ninety million dollars um, they bought a brand a, a well established sports brand and they have and they have done really well with um, you, you know with that uh, when they bought TVG prior to that you know again that was that was a pretty savvy move moving up to you know moving up to legalization in the United States but I I think we're gonna see some strange bedfellows. Um, and, and that's just simply because we're going to see some European. I think we're going to see some European operators come in. I mean, there's there's a handful of them that have already, you know, bets on. You know, if, if you know if you're living in the United States and you've never been, you know, to Europe, you might not know who bets on is. But I mean, pretty decent sized uh, business. You know, bet three six five is kind of lurking there thereabouts. They've got you know a license tied to one of the New York casinos. Um, you know, Tabcor out of Australia. So so I mean, th- th- there's some there's some big brands that are that are still haven't that still haven't kind of just Ended yet, and they're going to be looking for partners. Who knows what those partners are? Those partnerships are going to look like. But I mean, no, no one really thought that that Twin Rivers would turn into Bally's, would buy Betworks, um, and then and then and then and then sell five percent to St. Clair, and 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 turn all of the the Fox Sports networks into into Bally's 
you know, sports networks. I mean, no, nobody anticipated that. Um, so, you know, that, you know, or Hard Rock. I mean, Hard Rock are, are now, as we speak, I mean, they're building a massive, massive team, um, you know, down in down in Florida to, to, to really enter, enter this this U.S. sports betting industry and, and, and online gaming industry, you know, probably globally as well, because they've got a great, great brand. Um, yeah, just yeah, I, I I think it's it's really about um, it's really about I don't mean to be too basic, but it's about acquiring customers at at little and and squeezing value out of them and on customer lifetime value at, at its core. Um, now those are done in in hundreds of millions of dollars of deals, but 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 that's man, that's that's where that's where I'm looking when when I think about you know the next few deals that are happening. You know, how do I get access if I'm an operator? How do I get access to to a lot of eyeballs that I can that I can convert yeah and and i get the sense that there's still a bit more to play out in this space oh without doubt oh we're we're only in the first inning you know to do a sports analogy just because so many more states including the the big four obviously with texas california uh florida new york to come as well as all the operators that are sitting on the sidelines whether it is you know some would argue about 365 are doing that now um you know we've seen some interesting things happened obviously typico came over recently here in new jersey we've seen that's right yeah tv acquire victory which some would have said is a surprise so i i don't know if we could it might be just that the unpredictable is is going to happen in the next sort of the next three years of of this arc of sports betting and and maybe just sports entertainment or, or gaming and you know people always pontificate about the fang type companies getting involved or plenty of talk about you know all these possibilities that come with with this space but i'm not sure that anyone can truly predict what the next surprise will be other than there's probably going to be a a handful of surprises to come without a doubt and 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 the big thing like the the one thing that i came away from 2020 just knowing is that there is there is a lot of capital that will be deployed around the u.s sports betting and and i-gaming industry there's going to be buckets of it and so you, you know the, the the there's there's spacs that um you know haven't even you know don't even have uh you know companies yet uh that that have already been announced in the gaming industry and and so now they've got you know 24 months or something along those lines to 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 fill that spec and 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 so um you know, I, I, I have a feeling that, you know, there's just going to be, you know, more, more deals that are eye drop, you know, eye opening and, and jaw dropping. Um, and because of, of the, of the amount of money that, you know, people have made on, on, you know, take DraftKings. I mean, they were 10 bucks at the, at the beginning of the SPAC and now the 53 uh, Penn National, you could have gotten Penn National at $4 and 50 cents in, in April. And now they're sitting at a hundred. So, so, I mean, there, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of uh, enthusiasm and with that enthusiasm comes capital. So I want to ask you specifically on the, the Penn National Barstool experiment let's call it because like i said i challenge anyone who said they knew this was going to happen and then if they did say that that they knew it was going to be successful uh maybe i'm maybe i'm not talking to the right people and um and that was the case but especially with what happened in pennsylvania recently with the the whole percentage that's been obviously splashed around on on twitter and everywhere else in the news about how that business is operating there just tell me your sort of broader high level view of of some of the operations so far that brand you know their loyalty from their you know existing customer base and and what you see yes. uh, for them moving forward. 
Well, uh, yeah. So, so Barstool in December, uh, or, or part, yeah, the Barstool Sportsbook. Um, you know, it was I think it was seventy-two million in 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 handle and and fourteen million in in hold, with not much, uh, you know, bonus credits. And, and the beauty of Pennsylvania, uh, they, they they lack some some specificity in their in their in their reporting um, around you know kind of buy sport. Um, you know, reporting on, on sports, but they do talk about, uh, you know, they, they, they clearly delineate the, um, you know, the, the, uh, the bonus credits that are, that are issued out. Um, and, and, and Barstool didn't have many. And so they, you know, they ended with a 20% margin on a 72%, uh, you know, handle. Now, if you talk, and I talked to, to one guy out in Vegas and I just said, Hey, listen, could you have ever imagined having a month where, where you're holding 20%? Um, and, and I mean, that's just, that's, that's just, that's really, really hard to believe. Um, and I think that what that has to do with, I, I really do think, and, and I'm, I'm the guy, you, you know, I, I, I know it's, I, I know there are sophisticated gamblers in the United States, but I am always the guy that says, People overestimate um, the, the the sophistication of the U.S. sports better. I, I think they often overestimate it, and especially us inside the industry. We understand odds, and oh my gosh, it's minus one oh, it's minus one fifteen, minus you know versus minus one ten. You know, oh, <laughs> the uh, the world's coming to an end. Nobody really cares, and and so and so when you know when you have a bunch of people that are 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 signing up and depositing and and just don't really care about what the odds are, uh, you can get a twenty percent margin in a in a month, um, and 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 I think that I think that the 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 margin as a whole you know, since legalization, I think, I think it's been, you know, pretty healthy. When you, when you look back at like the Oxford economics reports that were coming out by the AGA and, you know, gosh, love the, you know, the, the Chris Groves and, 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 and the guys at Eilers and Crycheck, um, you, you know, everybody was saying, well, there's going to be, you know, what's, what's Vegas running at? Oh, it's running at a 5% margin. So let's, you know, let's give everybody Let's assume a five and a half percent margin or a six percent margin. Actually, the margins in the United States are massive. I mean, they're massive, and 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 the reason for that, well, there's there's a few reasons, but but the one is just that there's such there's people are just such unexperienced, um, you know, gamblers, and and so when I look at other brands and I look at 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 the true differentiation between the brands right now, it just feels like people are differentiating just simply on that brand and not necessarily in the product offering. The product offerings are, are pretty vanilla. And this is no offense to any operator. I'm probably going to get somebody who's going to say, hey, but ours is so different. <laughs> but but I mean, as a whole, though, Jake, I really don't find, you know, an awful lot of difference between um, between the, 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 the operators, um, you know, UI, UX, um, you know, products that they're that you know that they're that they're offering you know how do you how do you put together a multiple and what am i seeing when i sign in you know what kind of bonuses am i mean you know i mean all that stuff is is pretty stock standard but it's really the the splashing of the of the of the marketing budgets that i that i find different so you know when i look at at bedinch Pet MGM and they came in and, and they were aggressively saying, "Hey, we're you know we're looking to get a 10% margin." They have, and I'm sure they've spent a, a pretty good, uh, you know, pretty whack, a pretty good whack of cash doing that, you know. But but the, the beauty of of Bet MGM is that they're sitting on their own tech stack. You know, DraftKings did the same thing when they brought in SB Tech, and, and FanDuel has their own tech stack. So they're going to start to probably differentiate a bit, probably in 2021 and, and certainly 2022, depending on the the types of customers that they're trying to target. But um, yeah, I, I, the 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 
you know, you know, I, I think that there's, you know, that there's a lot of opportunity that still exists in the product for each one of these brands, um, you know, and, 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 and so, so when we look at the market, you know, there, there's a plenty of opportunities for these smaller brands that might just do things a little bit differently. Hey, I've got a slightly better payment processor. I think little, little things like that are probably going to, you know, going to give, going to give operators a, a, a big, a big opportunity. So the underlying forces that are driving the U.S. market then, uh, let's say the players. Now, I can't imagine they're going to change sophistication overnight or or into another calendar year. If anything, there's going to be more players across more legalized states. The operators, you know, the product offerings, the transaction of a bet has been the same for hundreds of years. So, you know, unless something drastically shifts on that front, might be similar. So going back to the the market then, the whole percentage and just the, the volume and everything else, Unless something changes, it's it, it, this might be what we're we're looking at longer term. And obviously, twenty percent hold in in Pennsylvania in one month may not be the norm, and it'll regress back to whatever the the right number might be over time. But I'm yet to be convinced that this isn't going to be what it is where we're at now. I I, I completely agree. I I, I am shocked. Uh, again, I I am shocked on a monthly basis to see these numbers that come out of these states and and see how casual, uh, you know, the market is. And and also just when you think about the maturation of a particular market, you know, who who are the first ones that 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 sign up to these sports books and go bet? What's well, the people who completely understand sports betting, right? So so you yeah, know, a place like point. New Jersey. All of all of those all of those sophisticated gamblers, they're they're still either betting offshore, and they're probably never going to come back onshore, or they've gone to a book and and they've already got a couple of you know a couple of apps. I think that you know on average in Europe, it's it's like every every better has three and a half you know or, or three or four apps, um, you know that they wager with. I don't think that we're there in the United States just yet because I think you know payments are a little bit of a pain in the ass and and things like that, but. Um, you know, when I look at at the at the at two and a half years of 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 a market in New Jersey, I can't help but think that you know a lot of those sophisticated gamblers are 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 either in it or they're never going to be in it. So who's coming in after that? It's the sports fans. It's the the betting curious. It's the it's the 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 segments of customers that you know what I I'm not real familiar with sports betting. I don't know what this is going to look like, and those people are not going to be price sensitive. They they're just simply not. They don't even know what price is. Couldn't agree more. And I've... So, so I agree. I completely agree with you. And and yeah. I, and also when you take other stages, I mean, look at some of these other markets. Um, if you take like, except for instance, Colorado, you know, Colorado in September, uh, they had, I think it was, you know, I think it was probably uh, 95% of their, of their net revenues. All the sports books, net revenues came from parlays. I mean, it was crazy, wow. crazy. I mean, and now it's like 40%. I mean, 40, 45%. I mean, it's just, you know, and, and, and the amount of money that, that, that is being uh, distributed, uh, you know, by way of bonus credits and those types of things, it's, it's, it's pretty staggering. So there's, there's a lot of, lot of hooks that are going out there into the market to, to try and, you know, acquire customers. Um, and, and these people just, you know, there, there's a, you know, there's a reason that the, the lottery, the lottery player just goes to the lottery every single week. And, mm-hmm. and they know that the chances are one in a million. And, but do they mind spending five bucks on those lottery tickets? No, they don't. It's entertainment. And, and so I do think that, that sports betting is, is, is really going to be at that, at that entertainment level for, you know, for, for quite some time. And it's so novel. 
I mean, they're, they're seeing it all throughout the sports media. They're, they're seeing it everywhere they go. They're seeing some odds or, or, or hey, team A is, is minus six and a half over, over team B. They're probably asking their buddies and asking everybody else, what the heck does that mean? So everybody is curious about this now because it is completely everywhere. You're down in Kentucky, one of the, the global epicenters of horse racing. So it'd be remiss not to, to talk about horse racing, even in amongst all the things happening on the sports side and on the the iGaming side and poker and everything else in the US at the moment. But tell me, what what's your sentiment on things down there in Kentucky at the moment with respect to some potential changes that may come with horse racing? Because as we know, you know, the US market is, compared to global standards, maybe a little bit stale when it comes to the product yes. offerings and, and potential, um, you know, capturing of more audience through innovative products and, and even fixed odds isn't available here for, for those who don't know. So just tell me where the temperature is on, on horse racing at the moment across those things. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, when you say stale, um, I, I think you're being uh, very polite. Uh, so, so, I mean, it, you know, it's been, it, I think, I think uh, horse racing has, has pretty much stagnated between 10 billion and 11 billion per year for the past in, in wagers, uh, you know, for the past probably seven, eight, nine years, just, just hasn't, hasn't done much. Um, but uh, 2020 has been uh, has been a massive bump. Um, in fact, if you, if you pull the the Oregon numbers um, on on horse racing, I think uh, year on year, um, up for the first the first three quarters of, of of 2020 versus the first three quarters of of 2019, I think it's up you know 40 or 50 percent. Um, you know, which is which is pretty staggering. And and I think that um, you know that you know just uh, the New Jersey looking at at, at fixed odds. Um, I, I think there's going to be some money that comes in. I, th- I think you know some of the underlying challenges are, are really around that tote system um, and the the underlying tech. And without investment in it, you know the products really can't you know change an awful lot. You know you can go to one ADW or the other, but but those are all going to be you know pretty 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 similar. But I think that what we're seeing now and what we will see in the near future is 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 some serious innovation around. Um, you know, betting on horses. And I mean, this, this past year has just been, has been amazing for, for the ADWs. Um, You know, not, not necessarily the triple crown days. I don't, I don't know if you know this, but I mean, if you, if you take the individual triple crown days and, and, and they, you know, they were, they were slightly different, um, you know, this year because of the, because of COVID. But I mean, we had Belmont in in June, and then and then the Derby, and then the Preakness, um, and, and those individual days were down year on year. But as a whole, um, you know, way more people were betting on horses, uh, you know, than than had happened in the past. Um, you know, the fixed odds opportunity that exists in, 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 in New Jersey. And I think it's, uh, you know, Dennis Drazen out of, out of Monmouth is, you know, is, is looking at, um, you know, how, how can you, you know, provide some, some innovation or around, um, you know, fixed odds horse racing in New Jersey, which sounds, you know, it sounds pretty, you know, it sounds pretty interesting considering that there hasn't been any innovation in, in the, in the betting on horses for the past 10 years. So, uh, yeah, pretty enthusiastic about it. And certainly when you see the numbers, um, you know, TVG's numbers, uh, you know, and also, you know, FanDuel, I think, I think FanDuel's got their own horse racing now. I think that, you know, obviously they've got TVG, but I think they've got like a FanDuel branded uh, horse racing site. So they're trying to get new, you know, new customers in. I think, you know, average age of the horse racing better is probably, you know, plus, you know, somewhere between 45 and 55. Average age of a, of a sports better, you know, is, is, is 10, 15 years 
years younger than that. So I, I do think that there's, you know, there, there is some, some, you know, some work being done on, on, on introducing, you know, the sport of Kings to, to a little younger generation, which is, which is great. So did the industry just accidentally fall backwards into a 2020 type year, given COVID and all the changes and, and a mix of no sport happening as well as everyone staying home and so on? Because it seems like if it's pretty steady over a, a decade, around 10, 11 billion, you're saying earlier, that seems to be the most likely scenario. And if that is the case and extending beyond that, what does it have to do to capture, you know, being in the right place at the right time, if we want to put it that way? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I would say I would probably I would probably say yes on them stumbling into this opportunity. Um, I, I can't say that that there was I, I didn't feel like there was that there was a, a lot of 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 you know industry wide changes. Certainly, some operators were were, were certainly taking advantage um, and saw an opportunity that that didn't exist. But but as a whole, I you know it was probably more they backed into it than than anything. Hopefully, you know. Hopefully, we're going to see things where um, I don't know if you know this, but but FanDuel bought a track in I think Illinois, um, and so I think what we're going to start to see is the blurring of a lot of uh, a lot of gambling verticals. Horse racing being one, and it's you know it's you know rising tide lifts all boats. I, I think that 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 horse racing is going to be one of those where you know tr- the tracks. If you if you take Kentucky for instance, it, you know the tracks are the ones that are going to get the sports betting licenses. So then you know now all of a sudden money is going into these sports betting light into these into these tracks you know offering a you know you know a better a better experience um you know uh, on the on the day or a better mobile experience if you're if you're wagering on mobile so i do think that that it it, it has been quite uh, a protective um uh industry and i think that with with the the influx of some some capital you know no different than the sports betting industry i think that there's going to be you know some some innovation and some oper- opportunities for for some of these operators to 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 do things uh, you know a little bit differently um yeah i, I just I, I think that uh yeah I, I i don't i don't know necessarily like it's really interesting that that say twin spires um, has, has pretty much shelved their Bet America brand and just you know full on they're they're going to be called Twin Spires going into into Michigan, which I think is a is a pretty interesting play. I think most everybody um, you know has heard of Twin Spires at some stage, you know whether you've heard of the Kentucky Derby or not. But um, you know that's a that's a that's a good brand. So now all of a sudden you've got this this horse racing brand that's that's leading you know Churchill Downs in, in the in the online gaming space. Um, so I, yeah, I think I think certainly over 2021 there's there's going to be some and and it's it's really about resources. There's going to be a little bit more, and so you know hopefully you know tracks and 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 ADWs and and racing associations can can really you know dig in and and find opportunities. It's going to be fascinating to watch just how it plays out because like we were talking about earlier with. You know, back in 2017, you know, you heard a lot of people talking about Boyd Gaming, uh, MGM, you know, a lot of these incumbent monsters in the gaming space out of Vegas and, and other places that had a pretty, you know, strong hold on the industry called gaming generally. And then we saw DraftKings come along and then knock them off their perch when it came to sports. Are we going to see something similar, do you think, when it comes to horse racing? Because I think if you asked, a, you know, a few people now, they would say, yeah, look at Twin Spires, look at you know, TVG with Vandal and Flutter and that group look at Penn National, uh, you know, obviously their existing involvement in horse racing. I know it's a little bit different because you have the, the licenses going to tracks in many instances. 
Um, but I, I think there's some parallel there with, with a lot of those big gaming properties having access or market access in all of these states as well. But can you see a another DraftKings type, even DraftKings themselves, uh, without any horse tracks or, or great ties to horse racing coming in or, or other brands, let's say, who who don't necessarily sit in a good spot now, but just like we didn't think um, DraftKings or, or FanDuel were going to be number one and number two back then. Do you think there's a, a shuffling that's going to happen? I, I do, without a doubt. I, I you know, I, I and again, uh, you know, I'm going to go back to this. It's all about acquiring customers. Um, and, and sometimes that the, the acquiring of customers comes through, um, you know, Either buying a track, uh, you know, licensing a uh, a a, uh, a sports betting license because from a track, um, you, you know, I I have a feeling that um, you know that the that the tip of the spear, which is sports betting, um, is going to be driving a lot of a lot of uh, you know commercial decisions, and that will certainly influence horse racing. Um, you know, when I just you know look at, at places like California, you know, and or or other states where you know there's there's a few tracks and you know that those tracks are going to get licenses um you know what are they going to do you know what are they going to do with them or or is that the entrance for one of these major operators you know tvg and and FanDuel, i feel pretty confident they've got a good you know they got a good hold on on what their u.s map looks like and and what, how they're going to roll out in all of these sta- states um you know what but but you know there's a you know what is points bet going to do you know they they might you know they they might buy a track um and if you do buy that track, then you've got to you got to run races on it because uh, typically there's there's requirements to, to to run a certain number of races. So I I I'd certainly think that um, that we are going to see some really interesting uh, again you know bedfellows not not too dissimilar than the than the media companies and the operators, but also amongst uh, you know amongst the uh, you know amongst the horse racing industry and and sports betting. Um, yeah, I, I, I start, you know, I can't help but think, you know, I look at, at companies that are that are starting to, you know, provide some innovation and 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 blur gambling verticals like like Equilottery, where you can buy lottery tickets. And it's actually, you know, backed by the by the the, um, you know, backed by the by the tote or you look at, um, you know, there's some mobile apps that look a lot like a casino, uh, but nonetheless, uh, you know, the, 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 the odds are all done by, by, by historic horse racing. So I, I, you know, I think we're going to start to see some really interesting, uh, 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 connections and some interesting, um, you know, cross, uh, uh, points where, where horse racing is meeting tech is meeting, uh, you know, sports betting is, is meeting lottery. We're going to see a whole hell of a lot more of that, I think in the future. So do you have one or two items for the future that you're going to be keeping a close eye on as it pertains to the the North American market? Obviously, people talking about Canada, so we can throw that in there. Uh, there's plenty of discussion around those big four states that we mentioned before with Texas, Florida, California, and New York, um, and obviously the, the different verticals of gaming across horse racing and, and others that may exist. Obviously, mixing pools with, with poker is something that comes up from time to time, as well as you know the Wire Act and how we get a change there that might help the industry move forward. Is there... Anything specific that you're keeping half an eye on that is of interest to you at this point? Um, yeah, and, and it's really just around. I mean, it's around. You know, I'm I'm a I'm an early stage business. I'm you know we're at our Series A level. I'm I'm really interested in in 
major operators of major software suppliers and how they differentiate their products. And, I, you know, I just don't think that they probably, you, you know, it's really hard to do that when you're that big. You know, turning an aircraft carrier is, 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 is pretty difficult. I think a lot of the innovation that we're going to see in the industry, um, you, know, over, you know, it might take a little while, you know, it might take another year or two years, but I think we're going to see some really interesting companies that emerge that, that um, get gobbled up by these operators or get gobbled up by the software suppliers so that they can, they can, they can provide something just a little, you know, just a little bit different. Um, you know, and that's kind of the space that, that I'm playing at. And that's certainly, you know, a, a, a space where, um, you know, that, that, that we at Chalkline are, are really going to, you know, keep, keep at least one eye open on. So chalklinesports.com is the website. And I got to ask you before I let you go, what's the plan yeah. this year for the webinar series? I've tuned into most of them now and, awesome information yeah. plenty of good data plenty of uh yeah. predictions people can go and watch that uh that episode was a bit of fun but tell me what that That's looks great. like and, and how do people get access to those because there's a lot of great information in there yeah thanks jake um uh we had, well, oh man, our, our webinars are, are growing uh, leaps and bounds. I think we had 1,500 people, uh, you know, f- uh, come uh, listen to our webinars in 2020, um, and and you know they're they're short, they're 30 minutes. I, I think I think what we're what we're about to do is we're we're about to to to, to branch out a little bit and bring in some some guests. Uh, you know, it's been it's been pretty much me and Jason and, and Joe doing them uh, for the past you know 30 odd episodes or something along those lines. But it feels like um, you know. We're probably going to expand that and start to start to bring in maybe some super sharp guys like uh, like yourself. Well, I urge everyone to go check it out. They're they're on demand, I believe, and you can go and have a look. And uh, they are. I certainly tune in. You can tell just by listening to you know your stuff. You're into the data and the details, which matters certainly for the analytically minded people. Who I'm sure plenty of people listen to this are that way inclined. So looking forward to that coming up this year, especially in an industry with plenty of uh, plenty of noise. So we we look to you to help us uh, filter through all that. Always, Jake. Hey, listen, thanks a lot for the opportunity. I love chatting with you, man. It's my pleasure. We'll do this again soon. Sounds good. Take care now.